0: welcome to episode 41 my podcast compadres how you're doing you're good nice uh, this was guest is one of the presenters of the superb free with this must issue podcast mr colin jackson brown and uh, if you weren't aware of colin's podcast i mean firstly where the fuck you been come on guys Get with it, as it uh, it celebrates that most nostalgic of things, the free cover-mounted music compilation from your favourite music mags from back in the day. I and mean, it's all there from Kerrang, Metal Hammer, Melody Maker, Rock Sound, Enemy, and tons more. Uh, they've just got to 50 episodes, uh, so it seemed the perfect time for our chat to come out. And uh, loads of great chat on this one, honestly. Uh, Colin's a mega music nerd, and uh, again, we have five first-time picks. Uh, so let's do this. I'm going to shut up. Please enjoy. As ever. I'll be back in a bit. Nice one.
1: Top five side one Track one. You're listening to the Track One, Side One podcast with me, your host, Gaz Jones. Each week, a guest picks their five favorite album opening tracks and we dissect, discuss and debate each one. So let's put on our classics and have a little chat then, shall we? And we are live, people. Uh, joining me this week on the podcast, staring at me through my laptop screen via the glorious medium of that there Skype on the old interweb ting. We have uh, from this... Uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> What's that, the name of the Brave podcast again? I always get it. Free, with, wrong. This month's, free with this month's issue. Thank you, my friend. That voice is uh, the lovely dulcet tones of Mr. Colin Jackson-Brown. How are you, my friend? I'm not bad, guys. How are you, man? I'm all right. Yeah, I'm all right. Always, Thanks for having I me on. Oh, my absolute pleasure, mate. Why has your podcast got so many bloody words in it? <laughs> <laughs> Ian chose the title. It's not my fault. All right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I came up with We Did Music, the other podcast. That's only three mm.
1: words, so mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah that's that's more in my wheelhouse mate <laughs> I mean, be, before we before we crack on with list. i was just wondering how hard was it getting it down to those final five really really difficult getting it down to five and um, it also
2: made me realize how many albums i love have got a brilliant track too and then yeah. like a little opening track is like only little instrumental intros with like thursday full collapse um mm. smashing pumpkins melancholy uh mm. human waste project elux then you've got a weird spoken word bit on some of them like smash by offspring yeah, uh, yeah. axis boulders love by jimmy Hendrix experience mm. um then you've got sometimes there's like a weird experimental type thingy like um, flood by they might be giants or mm. uh, how ace of Buildings by a where it's got turn <laughs> it up and then it's foghorn <laughs> um typo negative october rust and world coming down they've both got like little jokes at the start and then it kicks in Mm -hmm. it's like stop but then (laughs) then i thought about it and it was like well i'm guilty of that myself my my band driven like the snow when we put our album out it's got an instrumental intro before the the full thing kicks in so (laughs) i'm part of the problem but you know you've got every bright eyes record um yeah. i love bright eyes but every single bright eyes record starts with a deliberately difficult to listen to track because he wanted to put off casual listeners so it's like on fevers and mirrors you've got like a little kid learning to read and like stumbling over all the words which mm. is always hard to listen to uh I yeah. Had the time. <laughs> yeah then when i finally got all them out of the way and was like narrowing it down i had a playlist of probably about 20 or 30 tracks and then it was like you know hammering all those off mm. like you know got uh i nearly had uh one by bosk on there off their first oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, night does not belong to god by sleep token was on there for a while uh never meant by american football um, oh yeah I was tempted to go with um, Sleep's Dope Smoker or uh, Bell Witch's (laughs) Mirror Reaper because they're both albums that are one song long. One song, yeah. Uh, Dope Dope Smoker's (laughs) 65 minutes and Mirror Reaper is like, I think it's 82 minutes, so it doesn't even fit on a CD. (laughs) But it's amazing. Yes. But yeah, I got it down to the five in the end. I I, I went with um, ones that there was you know things to branch off and talk about a bit more like you know um underneath the stars by the cure i was going to go with but the only real thing to talk about that is that it's a cure song nobody knows because it's on their most recent record from like 12 years ago now yeah yeah. it's 99 percent better than the rest of that album
1: yeah. <laughs> 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 that's that's the that's what you got
2: <laughs> yeah that's pretty much it It's a, it's amazing but yeah, not that much to talk about other than going, I love the cure.
1: <laughs> oh, wait, mate, I'm all about the stories. Basically, the more you can exactly. talk, the, the less I have to talk. <laughs> That's when I go with it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right, let's do it. Let's crack on with the list, mate. Where are we going? What's track right. number one, mate?
2: Track one is Hunted by a Freak by Mogwai, but specifically the Peel session version from the Government Commissions album. Uh, it was uh, recorded at uh, Made of Veil vale Studios for John Peel. On the twenty-first of May, two thousand wow. and three. Uh, wow. Yeah, the, the reason I wanted to put this one in there rather than um, the album version on Happy Songs for Happy People, because they're near near enough identical. It's a really straightly played version, but this version's got John Peel at the start saying, "Ladies and gentlemen, Mogwai. Which perfect. Yeah, that's what you need. Like most of us our age, we, you know, we grew up in the home tape and his killing music era. And this was, as far as I'm aware, this was the last thing I ever taped off the radio. Oh, OK. Because this was a session that they recorded live to air. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. they were actually there recording at the time when it went out. And I, I remember sitting there with my tape player and my me ra- me radio ready to press play. And then after that, I didn't think I had a tape player other than in the car. <laughs> and so I, I bought one recently for the podcast for uh you know ripping old uh vox and smash hits tapes <laughs> but yeah mogwai a joint with the cure as my favorite band ever okay and you know i've been i've been a mogwai fan for like 25 years now which is terrifying
0: <laughs> mm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but the, i wanted to have the the, the peel version on there because it reminds me of how many you know bands that i got into from listening to to john peel when i was growing up Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah totally.
2: and uh you know so many bands that i love that you know did peel sessions and stuff like that it was always my ambition when i was a kid to uh you know to do a peel session or to meet john peel and uh didn't manage either but i've done other other cool stuff so that's okay but I, I even went, met like one of my best friends, um, Tracy, who's the uh, other host on Weirded Music with me and Ian, um, at a John Peel tribute night on the like first anniversary of his death, oh, wow. I, I was DJing, and uh, it was a like bring your own CDs and we'll play them kind of thing, and she brought Lemonheads and The Fall.
1: Nice, which uh, Lemonheads album? Uh,
2: it was, I think she brought it to shame about Ray. Nice. You can't Uh, go wrong. No, no, she didn't bring it. She was going through my CD box, and it was the uh, different drum it was, which is on the. It was a Rough Trade, uh, Rough Trade Shops twenty five years box set. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: She she brought the and then yeah Hmm. went through my CD box and chose that one. incredible it's it's funny when you're talking about John Peel there um in in terms of I mean I'm I'm 44 how old are you mate I'm 40 yeah 40 okay uh a mere pup um (laughs) but it was radio was an essential thing I mean religiously every night I would listen to the evening session yeah with Stephen and Joe Wiley uh and obviously John Peel was on you know after that um I I'd religiously I'd have uh, you know a a stack of blank tapes yeah um, by my hi-fi and I'd either record either record like whole shows or I'd do the the old classic record and pause yeah yeah and uh you know and it was it got me into such incredible music like being that age um I was I mean I was like 18 in 1996 and it was just like it was amazing just it was incredible music there wasn't the kind of the mainstream fluff that you were hearing during the day you were hearing stuff like like you know like it was like getting exposed to like the fall getting exposed to uh yeah mogwai yeah dinosaur um, junior
2: and stuff like yeah dinosaur yeah, yeah.
1: junior um you know uh sh- sugar yeah um you know pumpkins all that kind of stuff and it and, and it was it was so radio was such an important thing and i i yeah, man. I don't think I, it, it, this is a conversation I've always kind of wanted to have with someone on the podcast about like the the power that radio had back then. I know there wasn't all these other distractions like YouTube and Spotify yeah. and all that kind of stuff, and it was just like it was just this kind of religious almost thing that so many people did. You all kind of sat around your radio, staring yeah. at a speaker, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> and 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 listening to this incredible music that you'd never heard before yeah and you'd you, know, always, you and, and i i kind of treasure that stuff that period yeah you know, and so, so, so much
2: you'd got like people who you trusted that were like curating mm. what you exactly you'd, you'd yeah. listen to uh yeah. pati- particularly peel and Lamac. Mm. uh not so much joe wiley because she just said yes to everything uh
1: true <laughs> she, did, she, she, you know as, as much as i can't i can't stand her she did book nirvana on the word so yeah yeah that's you fine. know absolutely that was that was a red letter day for me you know yeah so, i was yeah. i was
2: always too young for the word i never never watched it until uh, oh my uh, God, the, yeah. the, the, the white room was the first one i remember so that white was, was good, like man. 95 i think yeah, yeah that's where that's 96. where i discovered smashing pumpkins
1: yeah um, that's where i discovered rocket for the crypt yes it was on the, the white room oh yeah <laughs> The whole the, the whole clip of their their White Room set is still on YouTube and yeah there's there's quite a it's lot a regular lot. one that I, yeah there's like yeah, yeah it, was, it was a good show man it was a good show yeah definitely mm. it was like Jules Holland but better
2: yes it, it was <laughs> Jules Holland without him playing boogie woogie piano and and the the utterly yeah. terrible boring music in between which he quite often Big, I I yeah. always watch Jules Holland with my finger on the fast forward button ready to go past it's like I'm not not into this
1: one let's get rid of that yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't i didn't even realize that it was kind of still on it's still a thing i I don't watch it as much as i used to no but i don't watch it at all now
2: I, I i i stuck it on the other week uh to watch i, I watched a bit of wet legs set on there
1: oh yeah uh
2: it was all right i think they might be a bit better on record than live
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's it, like that what was the song that, that was everywhere last year shays long and it yeah. was in, in terms of like an opening salvo, fuck me, what a what a banger. You know, it I can't remember the last time I heard like an indie banger like that that would be yeah. like you'll hear that in, in indie clubs for the next 20 years. Guaranteed. Yeah. Definitely. Um and the album uh, I've not listened to it all yet. It's in a, it's, it's, all, it's all right. It's all right. That's Shays Long is by far the best
2: it's, song It's it. a bit like dry cleaning. I was really, really yeah. into um, yeah. scratch, scratch Card Lanyard. And yeah. then the album came out, and I was like, yeah, I'm bored now. Mm, it's it's yeah. like life, life Without Buildings, but not as good and way more. Oh, so.
1: mate, Life Without Buildings. <laughs> oh, fuck me. I, I, pick, I, I picked up one of their albums last year from um, a record shop down the road from where I live, I live yeah. in Stamford. There's... there's um, there's a village up the road called Oakham, but mm. it's like, a tiny little village. It's got two awesome record shops and he had, yeah, he had an original copy of the life without buildings album.
2: Yeah. Any like, other I city.
1: Think. Yeah. Oh my God. I got,
2: I got the, uh, the record store day re- reissue um, mm. about six, seven years ago. Um, And yeah, love that album. It's amazing. Oh,
1: what, What's your favorite era of Mogwai? <sighs> <sighs>
0: you
1: know, I, mean, I mean, Christ, you know, when was the first album?
0: Ninety seven. was
2: the first record. Yeah. They they yeah. got singles out from ninety six onwards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Young Team was ninety seven. Yeah. The ones I tend to, I think I'm gonna have to go for the really early stuff. Young Team, um, is okay. is my favourite because mm. it's got Maguire Fear Satan on it and Tracy, right. which are both amazing. Uh, But I think there is a lot of filler on the album. Um, There's sort of, um, you know, there's tracks like Summer Priority Version, which is nowhere near as good as the early version of of Summer. Uh, And then you've got sort of weird interludy type tracks. And then um, I think the Happy Songs for Happy People and Rock Action um, Mm. is more consistent. So I probably put those albums on more often than I put uh, Young Team on. But they don't have Mogwai Fear Satan on. True. They they, they played a gig in, I think it was about 2008, at the Royal Albert Hall. um, And there was a section of that gig, um, it was like a a transition between um, Tracy into uh, Mogwai Fear Satan. And it was... One of the pinnacles of all human
1: existence. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Is, see, I'd, I'd have to go for. Uh, I mean, Mr. Beast is my yeah. favorite. Yeah. album. I, it's amazing. Uh, oh, it's, it's focus, yeah, it's faultless as far as I'm concerned.
2: I, I love everything they put out. As far yeah. as um, I wasn't that bothered with Hardcore Will Never Die, but you will.
1: Oh, I really liked it. I really like it. A
2: lot of people really, really love it. Um, I think I got a bit fatigued by them by that point Mm. because I'd been listening to them for about 20 years at that point. (laughs) And then uh, around about a little bit before that time was the only time I've ever seen them live and not stayed till the end of the gig. Um, They they played uh, Field Day in London and um, they were the headline band. It was absolutely chucking it down all day. And then when they came on stage, they were so quiet. And uh, that's not what you want from Mogwai. No. Uh, They're supposed to be ridiculously, painfully loud. Yeah. yeah. But um, the the venue where they were playing, um, I think it might have been Victoria Park. Um, They'd had um, some really heavy um, noise complaints from a previous festival. So they had to keep the sound really, really low. And it meant that the the crowd were all talking and drowning the fucking band out. Yeah. And it was like,
1: yeah, not having
2: that.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can have
1: the mogwai of all bands, Jesus Christ. I mean, I only, for my sins, I only ever saw the once, and that was um, Reading 98. Yeah. They I were, um, yeah. <laughs> for, um, I, they were main support on the Friday night on the second stage. I can't remember who headlines, the second stage. I I I saw like half of Ashes set on the main stage, yeah, and then went over to see Mogwai. Mogwai, you know, blew my fucking eardrums out, and then I went yeah. back to the main stage because uh, Page and Plant were headlining. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, that was a good reading that one. Really good reading. My
2: my first reading was two thousand, uh, mm. and I think the first time I saw Mogwai was two thousand and one. Uh, Super furry animals were the uh, Super
1: animals, that okay, was who yeah. they were
2: on just before. Yeah,
1: that was uh, yeah, it was good. I saw, uh, saw Headsman that year as well. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Rocket from the Crypt was like oh, yeah, it was an am- amazing like Manson were great that year and Af- Afghan yeah. Wigs symposium. That, yeah,
2: yeah. That Friday main stage mm. is like Hedgeworm, um, Monster it's, Magnet, yeah. Rocket from the Crypt, Symposium, Afghan Wigs, Deftones, Manson, Ash, mm. and Page and Plant.
1: Yeah, it's not and, bad, is it?
2: And then. I, oh, I'd have been so conflicted because you've got the uh, the melody maker stage, the second stage. You've got yeah. Super Furry Animals, Mogwai, Kiniki, Arab Strap, yeah. Yeah. Uh, soundtrack of our lives, Delgados. I'd have wanted to see all of
1: them. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. It, I, I know I sound like an old git when I say it, but Reddick was better when I was young. It <laughs> just <laughs> I, was. I look at I look at the lineup now, and you know. Yeah, you know, I'm I, playing this year. A ranger playing, obviously, that'd be great.
2: It's not for us though, anywhere. anywhere. Oh, I know, but yeah,
1: and I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm cool yeah. with that. You know, um, you know, know reading reading is is for you know teenagers and early yeah, twenties. Yeah. Um, and it, it, even when I when my last reading was 2001, and I was what 24, 23. Yeah. And even then, I I felt. Oh, I might be a bit old for this now because there was a lot of kids there <laughs> which I hadn't been to Reading at that
2: point yet we we went to Leeds for the first few years hmm. I think it was I think it might have been 2004 was the first time I went to to actual Reading yeah. um and yeah Leeds Festival at that point uh had quite a lot of fires and riots on the last night each year
1: yeah so did uh, Reading
2: <laughs> yeah would, well Leeds yeah. Leeds had it so bad that it nearly got cancelled They they did actually did have to move the venue
1: um, wow
2: yeah, they, they started off at Temple Newsom Park. Yes. And yeah. they got told they weren't allowed to go back there. So moved it to another place that was nowhere near as good because Temple Newsom was an ace. Yeah. But yeah, we there was a, one year, I think it was 2001, I think it was, that um, a load of my mates ended up having to uh, change a tyre on a car in the middle of a near riot um, <laughs> because they were moving the car because people had started to. St- started fires yeah. in the car park and they thought we've got to move yeah. this drove over some glass and then had to change a tire oh my God. in in mud <laughs> i was staying back at the campsite so i didn't have to do it luckily but uh yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah. wow <laughs> so you can like you you can look back 20 years later and laugh at those stories you go, yeah yeah, oh, yeah yeah when it's so funny at the, at the time You just like jesus christ
2: yes the, the first year went 2000 um it was uh me and my girlfriend at the time um basically we could hear the fires and explosions and riots going off around the tent that we were in and decided that if we don't look outside the tent we'll be fine and then (laughs) didn't look out got up the next morning looked outside and most of the field was burnt it yeah. was like a, a row of toilets that had been melted into the ground that weren't that far away from us because it was our first oh, yeah. festival and we didn't realize it was a bad idea to camp that close to the
1: toilets yeah. <laughs> you know the schoolboy era you learn yeah, like, yeah. You know, you never camp down winds of the toilets at festivals absolutely uh track number two Colin.
2: track number go. two is uh, mew and uh, am i right no which is uh an interesting title they are i think they're danish yes uh they're definitely scandinavian um yeah muse uh frengers uh which is a a word they made up to mean not quite friends not quite strangers uh was my favorite record of 2003 um and it's that that's the first year that i can remember having a set Top ten favorite albums, which I've done obsessively ever since then. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's well, it, it's it's led to um, the current format of Weirdig Music, my my other podcast, where we have a different year each month, and we each choose ten songs from it, and then fight over it between the three of us. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that year it was between um, Muse, Frengers and Postal Service, Give Up, and wow. this sort of narrowly beat it. Um, it's great this was uh, it came out when I was working in um, the tiniest virgin megastore in the world uh, in Tamworth and uh, I hadn't got a clue anything about the band but it was I, at that point most of the time I used to work in the, the uh, back room processing the new releases so putting all the price stickers on and putting them in the little security things and uh, it was the um, the single of Am I Right came out i was like no idea what this is i'll have a listen and uh we only had one copy come into the shop and it did not go out on the shelf
1: i was gonna say I, you're, you're coming home with me <laughs> it's like put
2: it to one side that is on my pile i am buying that on monday morning as soon as i'm allowed to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which i used to do a lot nice <laughs> i didn't take home much of my wages but i did no, take,
1: right.
2: you know 25 percent discount that's uh
1: that's exactly. Worth it. Damn right <laughs> it is. You know, there are there are, there aren't many perks working in uh, retail. No, I did mean? love it though. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: We you I, know I, we, we had the crazy customers, but uh, everyone does. True that. <laughs> there was a guy called uh, that we called, You know, we got sort of nicknamed for them. Uh, there mm-hmm. was a guy called, that we used to call Boatman because um, it was uh, at that point they were it was like pre-internet shopping. So they were trying out this thing because we were a really small store, so they didn't have that much stock in. No. Um, but they had these kiosks where you could basically go in and um, order CDs or DVDs yeah. or, to be delivered kinda, to your
1: house. Yeah, I kind I kind of remember that in Virgin Mega Stores.
2: Yeah, and and yeah. this guy, this guy that we called Boatman, used to come in pretty much once every month or so, and go to a different member of staff each time and ask for help using this machine and then he'd get to the end where you have to put the address in and you go i haven't got one i live on a boat and it was like uh <laughs> and, and once you'd spoke to him once you knew that but you'd let yeah. other people talk to him next time so yeah, you, yeah. Uh, you could just stand there watching going here we go here's the bit where he says he hasn't got an address <laughs> <laughs> oh unbelievable there was also a guy that looked exactly like uh, the Dungeon Master from uh, Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. Oh,
1: oh my God, it's uh, amazing! He he
2: used to come into the shop and buy uh, a he always used to buy a Disney DVD and whatever the closest thing to porn he could get, like uh, Basic Instinct or, or something like that. Wow, uh, we were a bit scared of him.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: shit. Oh uh, man hoping he's probably in jail somewhere
1: <laughs> yeah more than likely <laughs> i mean do you um do you do you lament those days when i mean where there was like you know you had our price you had virgin you had hmv you had well we had andy's records down here because i'm a yeah i'm a governor <laughs> um and i mean god what else was there you had tower records yeah yeah um, you know, go, going to Tower Records on Piccadilly Circus was like a day out. If we ever went to go and see a gig in London at the Astoria RIP, yeah, you know, yeah. fuck fuck crossrail <laughs> bastards. Um uh, quite topical because I think it opened this it opened yesterday. So oh, I right, I, it, I, yeah, yeah.
2: Um is that part of that that um, queen line thingy.
1: Yeah, Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth oh. line, I think the purple line, yeah. They picked me off with their headline. Yeah, you damn straight. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, do you, you know, I mean, whenever we used to go and see a gig in London at the Astoria or wherever, the Ballroom or something, you know, we'd always go to Piccadilly Circus first and spend about five hours on Tower Records looking at CDs that cost best part of 20 quid, you know, and then yeah, yeah. Ma- maybe come out with like a, a Fat Rec sampler or an Epitaph sampler because they were like three quid, you know. Bunker Yeah, man, <laughs> you know, um, you know, that was my fucking you know, not his punk education, but I mean, do, do you miss those? I mean, I know I know, I know, I know, I know, I know we have like, you know, little record shops and stuff now. I know that that's, that's all good. We, but we, like, do,
2: you know. we don't We do have enough of them. The, the internet's uh, uh, got a lot to fucking answer for, you know, hmm. um, the internet made everything worse apart from <laughs> yeah. podcasts. Podcasts are good. Listen to podcasts. Oh, you are Hi. Might be uh, speaking to the converted already there um but yeah, yeah. yeah
1: we're all we're all friends in this pretty little club mate <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I I absolutely miss it I
2: I loved working there at the time I loved um you know we I used to go into um used to go into Birmingham occasionally because uh, that was like the biggest city nearest to, to Samworth yeah. and um we'd like we'd go in I, I remember like Christmas shopping in the big HMV mm. just sort of going around and spending ages in there And um, there was one year when it was my birthday. I think this was when I was about, I think it was my 20th birthday. I'd saved up enough money from Christmas and my birthday, and I was going to buy a guitar. I was going to go and buy a Fender Teleacoustic, Acoustic, um, and uh, went into Birmingham, went into Tempest Records, which is one of my favourite sort of independent records shops ever. Uh, it's not there anymore but one of the guys that ran it runs Ignite in uh, the Oasis Center and he's utterly brilliant nice Um, but yeah uh, went into uh, to Tempest and uh, spent all of the money I was going to spend on the guitar on about 60 CDs wow (laughs) Wow. it's great I got a couple of annual annual notes by the Trailer Dead records uh, a couple of um, the Deep Elm records Emo Diaries samplers yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah i got absolutely loads but yeah um i talking about the the big sort of london ones i worked for a while when i was working in um virgin megastore in tamworth yeah. i couldn't get full-time hours in there right
0: Um
2: uh, so i got a job in a rival music shop in birmingham uh <laughs> in uh, music zone which lasted forever
1: I remember Music Zone. Fuck yeah! Didn't that take over from MVC when MVC went bust? Yeah, Music Zone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So I was in. Fuck me! I haven't heard that word in a long time. (laughs) Wow.
2: Well, I was in there one day until our assistant manager from uh, Virgin came in doing some shopping, (laughs) and I had to serve him. And he was like, "Colin, we're going to have to have a word at the weekend when you're in." (laughs) I was like, "Oh shit!" So um, because uh i think he wanted me to get sacked but the actual manager quite liked me and Mm. you know i knew what i was talking about when people came in and asked for obscure weird shit which other people (laughs) couldn't do um so they said look we can't get you full-time hours but the oxford street virgin mega store needs someone to go and work in the week for the next couple of months so I spent a little, I think it was about three months where I was working Saturday and Sunday in Tamworth. And then yeah. Sunday night, I'd get on a uh, get on a train, go down to London, stay at my friend Liz's house in Tufnell Park. And then um, commute in to Oxford Street and go to the massive flagship yeah, Virgin Megastore yeah. there. Wow. And it's, I was working in the, uh, the back room there, just processing all the new sales stuff. Yeah. um and that was great because it was just round the corner from the Astoria yeah so yeah. while we were there I uh, went to see a perfect circle when they played there amazing um I that that's where they used to broadcast the Virgin Megastore radio from <laughs>
1: yeah yeah so yeah, they would
2: yeah. got um various like bands and stuff you'd see just sort of wandering around in the shop
0: hmm.
2: like uh while we were there um I didn't know who they were because I uh, I hadn't got into Wu Tang or anything yet. But Method Man and Redman were in the shop one day. Holy shit! But one of the guys I was working with went absolutely like white and <laughs> uh, ran down, sort of like to stare at them. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I nearly killed one of the Chemical Brothers from running down the stairs at the end of the day. They've got this big concrete staircase at the back. Uh, I was running all the way down because I wanted to get on the tube and get home. And he was running up, and I nearly crashed into him. And if I had have done it, he'd have gone down this concrete staircase. Um, Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, luckily I didn't kill him. So uh, no. that was good. It's always good when you don't kill one of the Chemical Brothers.
1: <laughs> definitely, yeah, definitely. What, what, what era would this have been? Like, was this this like...
2: was... It was when... It was the second Perfect Circle record, so it was 2002, I think?
1: Yeah, 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 2002, yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh Man, so, yeah, if you killed, like, one of the Chemical Brothers, that was, like, pre-Galvanized, but never got Galvanized. Yeah, yeah, years got, before. Yeah, oh, mate. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad. <laughs> I, um, I've got many good memories attached to that song, so, know, yeah, thank you.
2: <laughs> I am responsible for, you know, their entire career afterwards by not killing yeah. one of them.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna take credit for that. Do it, I'm with you. You got my vote. Excellent <laughs> track number three.
2: Track go number on. three. Uh, I thought I'd go for a bit of a left turn with this one. Um, track number three is Pantera Great Southern Tranquil.
1: Yeah, let's talk about some 90s metal. It's uh, I
2: mean, obviously, there's the elephant in the room, which is that Phil Anselmo is a fucking racist prick and yeah. uh. Dimebag's obsessive use of the Confederate flag means I'm not entirely convinced that the rest of the band are innocent too. Um, but on music alone, there ain't many album openers as ridiculously noisy as this one. Jesus Christ. Um, it's got, you've got, um, uh, Seth Putnam from Anal Cunt on, uh, guest screaming on this track. <laughs> and it, it just opens with this ridiculous scream and a blast beat. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's just everything on. It's not even eleven. It's on like fourteen yeah. that they turned up to. And uh, yeah, you, you've got. It, it's probably like one of the heaviest things that I'd ever heard, at least at the time. Um, mm-hmm. Apart from the, the only thing I can think of that's heavier, but isn't even metal, is um, the first track on uh, Filth by Swans, which I oh, nearly went with. Oh yeah, lentless is. Yeah, it's it's really brutal. But yeah, you got the. Sort of like the first one minute 55 seconds, this is like the heaviest thing in the world, and then it turns into this like southern boogie sort of yeah, uh,
1: it's
2: dime bags almost playing like some sort of slash lead type stuff in there,
1: yeah, 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 it's, yeah, it's like I know, if, if slash was in Leonard Skinner, yeah. kind of
2: sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the main one of the main reasons I wanted to mention this one particularly is uh, there was an incident where my cousin stayed over at my house. Um, I think it was just before we went to the Big Day Out Festival at Milton Keynes in '99.
1: was was that? What a wonderful fucking day that was. It was
2: great. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that morning, uh, obviously, I'd set my alarm. I had a cassette alarm clock. I put this on as the alarm. Volume. <laughs> wow. Uh, we'd got to get up early to get the coach. I think it was something like half five in the morning that this alarm went off and uh, scared the absolute shit out of him. It was brilliant. He amazing s- still mentions it now <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh mate that's unbelievable I-, I guess he had no idea yeah what the wake up call was going to be brilliant
2: no <laughs> we had so been brilliant. listening to the album so he knew what it was after it started but you know when you yeah. when you wake up you're not really you know quite there no it, the only thing i can compare it to is uh, uh, have you ever been to download festival and camped at Donington? yes yeah, yeah. So have you been woken up by the planes taking off right over the campsite at about Oh, 40? yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, one, one year. That I, I've only camped there one year because um, it's localish for us. So
1: Yeah, you will, yeah.
2: Most of our lot sort of drive home and then drive yeah, back yeah, the next yeah. day. Yeah. Don't get, blame you. Get a shower, sleep in a Yeah, property.
1: exactly. Proper bed, <laughs> wonderful.
2: <laughs> but yeah, the, the the one year that I camped there, I, I remember the first morning being woken up by this plane and just uh, waking up, and going, "What the
0: fuck is that? Yeah, uh, yeah, which,
2: uh, yeah. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> it was a plane taking off over my head."
1: <laughs> <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk about. Um, let's talk about the Big Day Out festival. Yeah, that was. Uh, that was uh, again just even, like the second stage. That was the first time I saw Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah. You know, yeah, well, I, I, I wanted to get there really early because I knew that Josh Homme's new band was playing. Yes. And yeah, I, I was I,
2: like, I, I'd know. not heard Caius yet at that point. I, I got, oh, yeah. I got I, blues I'll... from the Red Sun a, a year or so later. Oh, uh, okay. Um, yeah. And, but yeah, they, they, they were great. I mean, the, the main bands we really wanted to see there, were, I mean, Symposium was was a big yeah. one for us. Yeah, um, they
1: were great that
2: day. My, uh, my, li- look, my little sister came with us um, and she uh she met i think it was i think it was uh i think it might have been hagop that she met okay yeah and um he Mm -hmm. gave her his empty tropicana uh uh, carton which she kept for about five years on her shelf
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh that's unbelievable
2: No, nice connection to one of your previous guests.
1: Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> it, that's it. Sh- shout out to void checking, Ross. I, I know Ross listens, yeah. so hello, Ross. How you doing, oh, mate?
2: awesome. I loved Symposium. They were so good. Yeah. So glad that but, they're coming back. <laughs>
1: I know, right? it's, yeah, it's insane. Um, I mean, I mean, Television were great that day. Monster Magnet were unbelievable because that was like power trip era. Set yeah, set fire. Yeah. Uh, pit shift, shifter were brilliant. Yes. Uh, they had just released the United Kingdom EP around that time, I yeah, think. Yeah. And yeah, that
2: was great. Um, I, th- uh, I think TerraVision were at number one in the charts
1: at the time with tequila. Yeah, they were, yeah. yeah so I remember they came out in like Evil Knievel kind of yes. yeah. um, uniforms and stuff. Apparently, they had a massive fight with Coins of the Stone Age backstage.
2: Yes, I remember reading that in Kerrang at the time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, Metallica, Metallica were great. They opened with Breadfan, I remember. Yes. Yeah, well, they, cool. they,
2: they were touring the uh, – it was the garage Inc.
1: Yeah, yeah, garage Inc.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. Record, wasn't it? So they, there was quite a few covers in the set. I remember um, we were – so for, uh, earlier on in the day, we were never right up the front for, for any of it, but we were in the crowd a bit yeah. more. And then when Marilyn Manson came on, we moved further back. Mm. So we were on the sort of side of the bolt. Milton Keynes bolt was great because if you can go towards the back – for the headliners yeah it's amazing you've got those people lighting little campfires and stuff yeah yeah and i can remember for when metallica were on um bearing in mind i was 17 at the time and Mm -hmm. a fucking idiot uh
1: uh,
2: so the the um i think the sponsored beer that was there was budweiser so all of the uh cut all of the cardboard cups were were Budweiser branded um, and I only remember that I don't drink but I I only remember that because we were running around collecting these uh, carton uh, these um, cups yeah. to put on our fire and running around shout singing light fire with Budweiser instead of fight fire with fire brilliant <laughs> uh, while they <laughs> were playing that
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> uh. My most abiding memory of that Metallica gig was um, I went with a few friends of mine, and um, I remember they they came back for an encore, and I'm pretty sure like they they did enter Sandman. It was like yeah, you know, yeah. I, and I said to my mate, I was like, nah, that'll be it now, because you know his his favorite Metallica song was Battery, and yes. I was like I was like they enter Sandman, that'll be the last song now. Can't let let's let's fuck off and get a head start because <laughs> he parked his car in some dodgy car park somewhere right um down the road so, you know i thought let's just go back and just get in the car they will be it now you know they can't play anything after it the sandman we, we got out the gate started walking down like the main road that had be closed off it. yeah and, and and like lit a fag and uh yeah i just, I just remember my mate richard i uh, like to stop <laughs> and he went bow 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 da, 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 da. and he just looked at me and was like you fucking wanker <laughs> i was like what i was like oh, I was, and, and, and literally um, and i i'm bless him i've seen him for many years but whenever we would get drunk together in our 20s which is quite frequently um <laughs> he would invariably just look at me Late on in the night, in a slurred kind of drunken way, and and just prodded me in the shoulder, and and he like, "I will never forgive you for that," Uh, and he never let me forget. You know, that's uh, fair. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it it it, it is fair, but to be to be honest, I was you know, I I didn't think they'd play anything after Enter Sandman. That's my argument. Into it, that's
2: that's it. It's a fair guess, but no, I think I don't think I've ever seen them end on Enter Sandman. Um, mm. I think it, it's always been near the end, but uh, yeah. yeah, I've seen him yeah. like I'm sure I've seen him do like "Am I Evil" last and stuff like yeah, that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've seen him do "Am I Evil." You know, I I've, I I haven't seen him do "Battery Last." funnily enough, I had my one shot of that, and I blew it. So, you know, <laughs> what, what, what can you do? What, what can you do?
2: <laughs> I see him again when they come round again. They talk fairly often.
1: <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm not particularly fussy no the, the, the best the best metallica gig i ever saw was uh down below 2004 the one where lars didn't show up that was amazing yes it was incre- fucking incredible you know I, you know dave lombardo comes out they kick straight in with um with battery yeah yeah you know, they open with battery this time <laughs> yeah yeah um, And i just remember turning to my friend a different friend <laughs> <laughs> um and I i was like, this is how battery should always have sounded. Yeah. Yeah. And then
2: they got Jerry Jordison later on. Yeah.
1: I I mean, David and really did. Yeah, David butter did Four Horsemen as well. And by that yeah. point, I was I was losing my shit. I was like, you know, regardless <laughs> of what you think of Metallica, and you know, growing up they were my all time favourite band, but I have some quite strong opinions on their decision making and stuff these days but regardless <laughs> of what you think of Metallica fair fucking play to them for that day because they, they could have quite easily just oh easily. down in, we ain't doing it
2: um, and, and what it, they what they did and, was a really memorable yeah, set but,
1: and it's gone down in history and it we've spoken about yeah. forever in in terms of like the greatest headline sets for download you know it's up there yeah. with Slipknot's debut um, you know Donaldson headline set and stuff like that Yeah, yeah. It, you know the show goes on man
2: yeah, that, that was a great day. We'd got a uh, there was uh, a, a girl that I only knew for a really brief period of time, um, and her sister worked for a management company. Um, I think it was like uh, the management company that sort of, like managed Queens of the Stone Age, and had managed to get us um, press passes nice. for for that one day. I only found out the day before that we were going um and she would like phoned me up and was like if you can drive us we can we can get there so we we got like backstage passes and uh it was great because we saw uh the guy out of slipknot with the big long nose mask eating a oh. he was sitting in the backstage area eating a ribena ice lolly you know like the ones like calippo's and he was just lifting up the bottom bit of his mask and eating it It was like <laughs> you're in the backstage bit dude you could take <laughs> your mask off no one cares it
1: exactly Make it all summer's day yeah, and
2: then <laughs> about half an hour after that, in in the same bit of backstage area, I was in there again, and uh, you'd got the the singer out of him was sort of standing there, being like all trying to get people to notice him, mm. and I ignored him because really don't give a fuck about him because they're just they're, they're shit, they're they're Bon Jovi for teenage goth girls, but um,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's fair. And I, then, I still I still said Bon Jovi over them. Okay. Yeah, so so would i but oh. yeah
2: what just after i'd uh ignored him nicky six came over ah. and started talking to me as if he knew me and i've still not been able to work out who he thought i was but yeah. he's like hey wow. how's it going i was like, i'm all right nicky how are you um <laughs> had a really brief conversation and then he just wandered off and i was like that was weird <laughs> Fuck Very it strange. Ah. it's quite cool. Though. Cool.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's, you know, it's a life memory, right there. It's a core cool memory, right the, there. The other
2: cool bit, going back to uh, to Pantera. Mm.
1: Um, oh yeah, we were talking we, about Pantera, we, weren't we? That we was we bit, were. Yeah. Not this song,
2: <laughs> but um, yeah, when they uh, reinventing the steel tour, uh, which was their last tour. It was. Uh, yeah. When they played uh, Wolverhampton Civic Hall in uh, 2000, I think it was, it was 99 or
1: 2000.
2: Yeah, 2000. Um, yeah. I was right on the front barrier for the first three songs of the set. Third song of the set was Walk, um, which is a fucking weird place to put that in the set because I could have ended on that easily.
1: Um,
2: But yeah, halfway through the song, uh, Phil Anselmo threw the microphone at me and I sang the second half of Walk with Pantera. And then, wow. pretty much straight after the song, had to get pulled out of the marsh pit because I was getting this shit kicked out of me, Just yeah. <laughs> relentless as fuck.
1: <laughs> yeah, but worth every worth every punch. Yes, I I, Damn, I,
2: I remember being really annoyed with myself because um, at the end, when I'd given the mic back, I hadn't plugged my gig that I was playing the next night in Tamworth. <laughs> <God. laughs> oh, why didn't I do that?
1: Yeah, hindsight's a motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, um, See, I've I've always had a bit of a I've done a bit of a funny relationship w- with Pantera. I, like when I was at um like school, like early early 90s when I was like full on metal, kind of yeah. pre pre Brit pop. Um, and I was I loved Cowboys from Hell. Cowboys from Hell still my favourite Pantera yeah. album. Um if anyone ever says to me Phil Anselmo's a shit vocalist, I played them Cemetery Gates. Yes, I know yeah. it was 30 years ago, and I know he can't sing like that now, but you know, for a for a short period of time he had a voice like Rob Halford, you know, yeah. Could literally just the notes he hits in that song are unbelievable. Uh, but I, I, I love Down. I well, I love the first two down albums, yeah. Um yeah. but it's that, it's that whole, like you were saying it, at the start, the whole kind of, you know, set the whole separating art from the artist. Yes. And it's like, it, it, it's funny because it, obviously, it's, you know, the whole, what was it? The whole white power salute thing he did with the Machine yes. gig, Head gig a few years ago. And obviously it all came up this, this podcast. was going over uh, an issue from maybe late 94, early 95. And the, the front cover was Phelan Sammo, I'm Not a Racist. Yeah. And it's like, it's been going on since yep. then, you know? Yeah. And yeah, it's it, it, is, it, is it okay to listen to Pantera? I, I don't know. I'm I mean, really I mean, fucking
2: inconsistent with stuff like this. The separating the art from the artist thing, I think most people are really inconsistent with it. And that's yeah. okay. I think I think you've got to just make your own decision at the time what you're going to listen to, you know? I a lot of the time these days, I never listen to any Morrissey solo stuff. But I still listen to the Smiths occasionally.
1: Oh know? always, yeah, always.
2: But then you've got um there's people's you know, you've got you know, most people won't listen to um Gary Glitter rightfully, <laughs> and that kind of thing. But
1: well, they should I shouldn't listen to Gary Glitter because he was fucking shit.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but then you've got people listen to Led Zeppelin and never have an issue, despite the fact that Jimmy Page it's yeah. very well documented for having yep. an underage girlfriend that they used to yep. smuggle across state lines in the early yep. 70s when they were touring exactly. in America.
1: Exactly. You
2: know. And uh, he seems to get a pass for that. I mean, they've, they've got some fucking great songs, but mm-hmm. Jimmy Page probably should get a lot more shit than he does.
1: Exactly. Very <laughs> true. Aerosmith. Yeah. You know. Um, I my mean, I don't know. Gosh. Uh, insert 70s band here. Yes. You know. <laughs> and 80s bands. <laughs>
2: Or, or 90s pop punk band in a lot of cases, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's fucking <laughs> truth
1: Jesus Pantera were an incredibly important band for me yeah um like an I you know in terms of those kind of early 90s heavy bands you know Machine Head, Pantera, Sepultura yeah. um it was my it was the building blocks for me yeah know, um I'd heard Metallica and stuff before then and Megadeth, but these were the bands I kind of got into at that they time. Were taking, that, that it, taking it to another take, level. Oh, complete next level. And at the time, it was the heaviest shit I'd ever heard. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, then, what? I mean,
2: for me, uh, I remember about 97 getting into Corn. Um, hmm. um, in, in, was it nice? No, it would have been 96, 97. Cause it would have been just after life is peachy came out yeah. and the the tuned seven string guitars was the huh. that was the heaviest thing me and my mates could imagine at the time yeah. Yeah. but then i yeah. heard the great son Trend kill <laughs> and it was like yeah, oh mm. it can go heavier than that
1: yeah. and he's only got six strings six, Yeah. <laughs> um, I
0: mean,
1: I- well, I, n- I never got to see Pantera live, but I, d- I did see Damage Plan at was it the first or second downloads? Yeah. I know, you know, it was, I mean, Damage Plan, it was, was alright. I mean, it was just meat and two veg metal. Yeah. Uh, but they they did some Pantera, and yeah. you know, well, the crowd. <laughs> yeah, the, the the crowd went fucking batshit, and then it was it was what like five six months later. Yeah, yeah. That was it done, you know. And, yeah. Poor dime bag. Yeah, poor dime <laughs> bag man.
2: Never a good plan getting shot on stage. I don't no.
1: recommend it. No, no, I don't recommend it. I <laughs> oh, <no. laughs>
2: yeah. Happened to me a couple of times, but, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. Spud guns don't count, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, track number four, Colin. Where are we going?
2: Uh, I thought I'd go for another wild right turn from that song. Actually, more of a left turn from Pantera. You can't turn right after... Uh... <laughs> No, <laughs> Phil Anselmo's already pretty far, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, next track is uh, Smoke Signal, Smoke Signals by Phoebe Bridges. Mm. So a lot more chilled. Right. Yeah. Um, this I, I went for this one because it is one of the most beautiful songs I've heard in the last like five years at least, uh, if not longer. Um, lyrically, absolutely amazing. This this is the only song out of all five where I actually care about the lyrics. <laughs> which is i think that's probably fairly representative of my music listening altogether. because a lot of the time despite being a songwriter i don't give a fuck about lyrics a lot of the time <laughs> Yeah, know there, there'll be songs that i've been listening to for 20 years that i couldn't tell you what any of the fucking words are um you know that somebody will quote a lyric and i'll be like what's that from oh it's from one of my favorite songs fair enough okay. um partly because my hearing's crap because i've played in very very noisy bands um so, so. but yeah um i love all the, the like references to other songs in this one so you've got like the, there's the lyric about um singing ace of spades when lemmy died yeah. beautiful which is really gorgeous lyric um but then you, the instrumentation is amazing as well you've got the the um really sort of understated rhythm guitar which is a you know, weird tuning yeah uh, it's like e flat a d g b flat d which wow. is insane i've never seen yeah. any use that tune no. um it's like the, the uh i nearly went with uh, perth by uh, Boniver off mm. their second record and that's got a really weird tuning as well it's one of those things where you tune your guitar into it and you can only play that song that's all you got <laughs> yeah um but then you've got like the um the sort of twin peak style bass six bit in the chorus
1: Thank you for magi- uh, literally, I've got that in my notes there. Yeah. When the Twin Peaks guitar kicks in, they will ba 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 ba. I
2: I love bass oh, six. Um yeah. I've I've yeah. one of my favourite guitars to play is a uh, Gretsch baritone that's tuned E to E, so it's a bass six.
0: Nice.
2: Um, and it's oh, it's great. It's got a big spear as well, and it's glittery and it's amazing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you've got that really really gorgeous string arrangement on it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which is uh. Yeah, the first time I heard this song, I was on a plane coming back from Poland where we'd been for Ian, um, my co-host, on both of the podcasts. Um, it was his stag do. Nice. Um, and it was the first time I'd been away from my wife and my daughter since my daughter had been born. Yeah. So, uh, been, you know, been away for a, a whole weekend, um, completely tired, on a plane, a bit emotional put this on uh immediately like hit me i was like holy shit (laughs) and uh as soon as we landed and got through customs i ordered the album on vinyl um on my phone (laughs) before we'd even got back to the car nice um a a second album punisher because this is from stranger in the alps the debut uh Punisher's is the one that got all the hype because this had already been out for a few years but I think this is a better album. Oh, it's, much, prefer- it's,
1: it's, it's much better, hands down.
2: I'd, I'd really like both of them, but, um, yeah, this, this is, you know, this has got Scott Strait on it as well, which is great. And, uh, yeah, the whole, whole album's amazing. It's also got a uh, Sun Kill Moon cover that I didn't realise was a Sun Kill Moon cover until uh, I'd already been listening to the album for a while. I was like, this is written by Mark Kozalek." Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> i don't know what 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 it is about phoebe bridges i mean but it, I mean, it's all about the voice i mean i know the voice is kind of double tracked and stuff but it's just i don't know it's there's so much space in it and it just feels yeah. i don't know like i don't know almost like bare intimacy i guess yeah. I, I don't know I, it's yeah it's that yeah the lemmy reference Oh, it's it still it still gets me you know? yeah i'm yeah. I think i'm still in mourning actually of, of lemmy's <laughs> passing as well also i've been six fucking years now or something i'm still kind of in mourning
2: that, that appears to be where everything started going wrong doesn't it
1: it did yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> everything was fine you know and and it was but basically lemmy was the glue that was holding all the good yeah. shit together
2: lemmy died um, and then then uh bowie a couple of weeks later yeah um and then uh the world spiraled into uh brexit trump Boris Johnson mm. pandemic hell yeah <laughs> hell.
1: yeah yeah and um uh, <laughs> yeah i think the podcast is done good night yeah,
2: yeah i've got another song
1: um i thought you call it like urban urban folk but it's got like dream pop in it as well i think yeah it's that
2: there, there is I a mean, lot of dream pop influence definitely um yeah. yeah. There's, you know, there's like shoegaze elements and stuff in yeah, it.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, no, yeah. Totally. But um, yeah. you know, there's a, occasional bits of alt country, but I, I, it, indie folk is probably the
1: the. Yeah, indie folk. I mean, there's a bit of Ryan, I mean, there's a bit of Ryan Adams in there. I mean, we were talking about like Jimmy Page and Phil Anselmo earlier. Yeah. Maybe I not if we should talk about Ryan Adams, but the, that seems to have been brushed under the carpet a bit. I'm well, like,
2: no, no, hang on. he's he's released a couple of albums, and they've had uh, somebody was talking about this the other the other day that. Ryan Adams seems to have, you know, his his crimes have been sort of forgotten about. Um he's released a couple of albums, but they've had very little sort of promotion and that kind of thing. Yeah. And you know, whereas a few years before, people would have been going, Oh, new God, Ryan Adams, really that's yeah. great. Um, I've not bought any since then. In fact, when I bought the Phoebe Bridges record, I was going to buy um there was a reissue of uh, Love is Hell on vinyl. Mm-hmm which mm, I right. loved those. Uh, it was too mini albums. Yes. Uh, and I thought, no, I'm going to give Phoebe Bridges the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Let's give the person he abused. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 That's yeah. a better idea.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, it was one of those artists that I kind of discovered, like, uh, I got, uh, this, what was this, 2017, wasn't it, this album?
2: Uh, I believe so, yeah.
1: Yeah. It was around about this time at work. Um I, I got a new van and it had digital radios. First time I actually had digital radio in the van. Cool. Welcome to the 21st century, motherfuckers. <laughs> and um started listening to six music. And yeah. it was around the time when this guy I remember this song being on there a lot. Yeah. Um it's it's kind of weird, like thinking about it now, that like it was only what, like five year four or five years ago, but six music was so much better then. yeah <laughs> i just, it
2: just I've, was i've uh, we've got a digital radio in the kitchen that occasionally yeah. gets listened to um but i haven't got a digital radio in the car mm. so i i've not really listened to it much um i used to listen to it a bit when i still live with my, with my parents because we would got yeah. a digital radio um in the living room then so I'd, yeah, I'd put yeah. it on. um but yeah i, I six music bypassed me a fair bit recently i i get most of my recommendations from like um you know youtube recommendations like yeah same spotify and stuff like that these days but,
1: but like what we were but like what we were talking about earlier in regards like how important radio was when we were younger i mean radio still is quite an important thing to me now yeah more so you know i don't really listen to me when I'm, when I'm at home per se but when i'm in the in the car or you know i'm driving i you know i'm a courier driver so i'm in the van like all day every day and you know the radio's my company yeah, yeah. it's a bit, bit of a cliche to say but it just is it's just there you know first thing i do when i get in the van you know put the radio on and See,
2: um, I, I, I work for a housing association where i'm taking calls from uh, tenants all day so it's not as easy to listen to the radio because i wouldn't be able to listen to them (laughs) yeah
1: yeah yeah Yeah. i'd prefer it well yeah yeah the job gets in the way of the fun right um without further ado let's go on to this last track because this was another massive rediscovery for me so yeah bring it home what's the final track so
2: the last track is melt yourself down and uh we are enough uh from it's the live at the live at the new empowering church version Mm. i had had to check whether i was allowed to do a live album because uh, this isn't the opening track on the album, uh, mm. but it is on the live album. Um, and I particularly wanted to do this because this song is on here because it relates to one of the greatest live moments I have ever experienced. Do you tell? Like, it's a slightly lower down than the Mogwai bit that I mentioned <laughs> earlier. There's a pinnacle of all human experience. But this was the, the slightly lower peak than the, the, the pinnacle. Glastonbury 2014. Mm. So... I was really lucky that all of my Glastonbury's that I went to before 2014 were really good weather. Mm. Um, 2014, not so much. So it was, so I'd got, I'd got a coach down there rather than driving this time because mm. it was easier to get a ticket when you got it with a coach package. Yeah. There was, there was less competition because most people didn't want to get a coach ticket. So um, I went with that, got a coach down Um if I'd have um, driven myself, with the weather, I probably would have gone home on the Saturday morning, maybe. Um, basically, it was really – It kept. I, I could have coped with it if it was relentless rain the whole time. But the problem that it was was it was absolutely chucking it down and then blazing hot sunshine and then chucking it down and then blazing hot sunshine. And because it kept swapping between the two, I got really ill. So I was you know wandering around the site sneezing and uh, you know I'd got I'd basically got a really bad cold from it and uh, I was not having a particularly good time but then um I went to the the park bit of Glastonbury to watch um so there was uh, John Grant and then Mogwai played really good sets on on the Saturday night and then there's this um little venue right up the top of the hill Called the crow's nest mm-hmm. which um they have a lot of secret sets there mm-hmm. and what they do is they don't announce anywhere who's playing there apart from on a little blackboard outside the venue okay. so each each morning you have to go up walk all the way up the hill which is a really steep hill so you've got to go out of your way to find out and have a look at the board and see who's playing and uh gruff reese from super furry animals was playing straight after mug white and then after um, Gruff Reese's set Melt Yourself Down were playing now. They'd played on, I think they played on the West Holtz, formerly known as Jazz World stage earlier on. I think they played there on the Friday, but it clashed with someone else that I really wanted to see. But I really wanted to see Melt Yourself Down, so I was really glad that they were playing. Climbed all the way up this hill, um, after Mogwai's set, couldn't get anywhere near the crow's nest while Gruff Reese was on, so I was like. I'm not going to get to see you melt yourself down am i so wandered down the hill a bit when i got something to eat came back up towards the end of gruff reese's set and then as soon as he finished everyone left oh, wow. um like the the whole um venue completely emptied out so i went in and i got right up the front front row right in the center amazing um and then it sort of filled up a bit with people behind me and then uh, yeah, melt yourself down came on and played one of the most exciting sets I have ever seen. Um, so I was like, I'm, like I said, I'm right in the front row, in the centre. They come on, start playing this song. So they've got the the drum and drum bit at the start, and then the the bass kicks in, and then you've got they've got two saxophone players. They were either side of my head, so I'd got a saxophone by each ear. So there's really crazy stereo effects and then the singer um basically just dived over my head and then i was holding the monitor on stage for them for the like the whole set because it was just utter chaos happening in there and it was just utterly utterly brilliant um yeah one of the most exciting live bands i've ever seen uh their new album's really good as well um the opening track on it, uh, Pray For Me, I Don't Fit In, is probably my favourite track of this year so far. Wow. So, okay. uh, yeah, out. I've, I've not listened to their two albums in between, actually. Mm. They've had uh, two other studio albums before this year, after the debut in this live record. Um, so I need to go back and check them out. But, yeah, the, the new one's great, and the, the debut in this this live one are brilliant. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're sort of like... Afro jazz punk so they've got yeah. um the uh, the main guy one of the sax players is a guy called Pete Wareham yeah. who was in um Acoustic Ladyland yeah. who were like jazz punk um or punk never no, more punk jazz than jazz punk I think the emphasis more on the jazz mm. um you know it wasn't punk music with bits of jazz it was jazz but in a punk style yeah. um He's also in uh, polar bear who yes. are sort of um a bit more straight jazz less punk <laughs> um but yeah he he's the main dude and uh they basically they've got loads of sort of um influences from stuff like falakuti
1: and yeah. uh, oh you can hear Fela Cootie. Yeah, over all, virtually all of this album,
2: I, I very nearly went with Zombie by Fella Cootie as one of my five tracks. <laughs> I'd, have
1: been, I'd have been fine with that, mate.
2: Yeah. Save that for another time, I could easily do yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was,
1: yeah you, you, you'll come, come back in season three, mate. We'll do like a track one, side one jazz special. Hell yeah, <laughs> that'll be, be my absolute, absolute pleasure. But yes. Yeah, I think I first heard um this 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 band's band combo group
2: yeah
1: um i like years ago i used to be um i um i used to be a chef at right, a private, yeah. in, a, in a posh private hospital in um in Cambridge and we used to have to work every other weekend. and, and it would be like there'd be like one chef in at the weekends right but i used to have invariably go out and get fucking just obliterated on the friday night. <laughs> literally maybe an hour's sleep if I was lucky and then going to work for a 12 hour shift on my own on a Saturday Uh, I'd actually try and get as much done in the morning because I was still pretty wired from the night before and I was making coffee and all this so I'd get all the the prep and everything done in the morning and then I'd do the lunch service for the patients and then like come like one o'clock I'd crash out and I'd basically just go and sit on the couch in the, in the the cafeteria no one was about yeah. And, I, and I, I used to listen to Giles Peterson's Saturday afternoon show. Yeah. And, and literally just melt into the sofa. And I, I, I'd sort of be like half, like three quarters of asleep, And there'd be like, you know, a speaker, and a little like portable radio, digital radio speaker next to me. And I'd basically be like three quarters of, away asleep. And then he started playing uh, like the, the opening track uh, of the sound, which is Fix My Life. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and immediately, my eyes just opened. I was like, "What is this? This sounds like fellatio. What is this? Yeah, this yeah. is
0: unbelievable!
1: What?" And yeah, like frantically, like like writing like the you know the the name and stuff down on a bit. Of yeah, 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 and, uh, yeah. Yeah, um, it will always remind me of yeah like Saturday afternoons when hangovers kicking <laughs> in. And an hour's sleep was a really bad idea, but <laughs> incredible kind of Afrobeat, funk punk, yeah. uh, just you know keeping me going for another few hours <laughs> before I could go home and it yeah, just yeah. always reminds me of that time and uh yeah, brilliant, I love a bit of jazz music, I love jazz music, it's fucking great yeah you you have to you, you have to put the mileage in with jazz. it's not like I don't know. Putting on, I don't know, like a, I don't know, a Beatles album or something, or where it's just kind of, <laughs> something just so instant. Do you know what I mean? It's, Maybe that's uh, a bad yeah, example. Yeah. Maybe you fucking know the Beatles, but you know what I mean, though. And like something that's kind of, you know, instant. I had to force myself because, I, I, like, when I was younger, I'd be, I, I'd see these like top 100 album countdown shows on Channel Four and stuff. Yeah. Like Miles Davis, kind of blue, and Sonny Train, Love Supreme, but all that kind of stuff was in there, and I was like. Um, I need to listen to this stuff because it's obviously yeah, yeah. revered. And it, you know, I'm not gonna lie, it did so, just sound like fucking noise to me when I first started. <laughs> oh. I had to force myself. And yeah. uh, now, and, and now I've, you know, I've got no, nothing gives me greater pleasure than listening to those mid '70s fucking Miles Davis live albums like A Garter and stuff, where it's just fucking just intense noise for like yeah. an hour, and I'm like, this is amazing.
2: Have you heard uh, Black Unity by uh, Pharaoh Sanders?
1: Yeah, oh my God, yes, amazing album. Incredible. Incredible. That's that's another one that's one
2: one track long and about four (laughs)
1: minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sanders, that was my album last year. The album did with Floating Points. Yes. I don't don't know if I don't know if you can see that. Um, probably not. But that one. (laughs) Yeah, Floating Points with uh, the London Symphony Orchestra nothing came close to that for my album the last year it's unbelievable Absolutely.
2: yeah we, we there was a track from that on the um free with this month's issue christmas episode that we did because it was um mm. it was the uh mojo best of the was it mojo or uncut i think it might have been uncut actually uh best is of the
1: year oh, no, Mo, yeah mojo is still going
2: yeah know. yeah 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 it's yeah. still going although it now doesn't have a cd on every issue um they've, they've oh, cut hands okay. out of cds um but yeah uh, both uncut and mojo when they put their best of the year uh, CDs out this year um they basically shared about 50% of the same artists between oh, really? them. <laughs> so it was a, a bit of a oh which one are we going to decide almost like flip a coin uh, we wanted to do metal hammer but the metal hammer one didn't come out until after we'd released the episode so oh, uh, we couldn't do that um, i'm hoping it comes out a bit earlier one year so we can do that for a christmas episode
1: <laughs> oh, well, i I always thought they did they did like the best of ones with like like the november issue or something
2: yeah no it was it's the uh december issue usually uh, okay. or, it, or it's the january issue that comes out in december quite
1: oh much. okay i, I guess it, did, that, it just shows how long it's been since i bought a monthly yeah, yeah i suppose you know um dude i think that's a cracking way to finish
2: yeah yeah
1: thank you so much Colin
2: Uh, thanks for having me I've really enjoyed it
0: and there you go cheers Colin for a brilliant chat and some absolutely superb choices I mean I've been absolutely insanely addicted to that Mew album now for a while so uh, click on the Spotify link in the show notes and have a ganders and uh, yeah there's some absolutely mint stuff contained within and uh, yeah all you lovely old out there thanks as ever for listening rating reviewing sharing interacting all the ing words, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it all counts. And week by week, we get to people's grills a little bit more as the podcast grows and grows. And uh, yes, yeah, so I'm out of here. Uh, R.I.P. True Boy from Delosol, man. That was a killer today, as I found that out. And as ever, fuck the Tories. I'm out of here. Peace. Top five side Top five side, ones, ones, side, ones, one, side one, track
1: one. You've been listening to the Track One Side One podcast with me, your host, Gaz Jones. give us a follow on instagram and twitter by searching for track one side one podcast to keep fully up to date with all future guests and there will also be spotify playlists linked to each episode so please check all that out and i'll see you soon